There we go. <laughs> now we've got instruments. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. It's a good day to be here. Um, glad that you all are here to, to worship with us. Uh, we've got some very exciting things this morning. So we're going to start, as we normally do, with a song. We're going to sing God of Wonders. So the words will be up on the screen. If you guys would like to rise and sing with us, let's sing together.
Is within my heart a melody. Jesus whispers sweet and low. Fear not, I am with thee. Peace be still in all of life's ebb and flow. Jesus, 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 sweetest name I know. Fills my every longing. Keeps me singing as I go. All my life was wrecked by sin and strife. Discord filled my heart with pain. Jesus swept across the broken strings, stirred the stomping chords again. Jesus, 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 sweetest name I know. Fills my every longing, keeps me singing as I go. Feasting on the riches of His grace, resting beneath the sheltering wing, always looking on His smiling face, that is why I shout and sing. Jesus, 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 sweetest name I know, fills my every longing, keeps me singing as I go. Jesus, 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 sweetest name I know, fills my every longing, keeps me singing as I go. 
Jesus, 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 sweetest name I know, fills my every longing, keeps me singing as I go. Jesus, 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 sweetest name I know, fills my every longing, keeps me singing as I go. Come on and join us. Jesus, 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 sweetest name I know. As you take your seats, fills my every longing, keeps me singing as I go. Jesus, 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 sweetest name I know, fills my every longing, keeps me singing as I go. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I got just a few announcements this morning. Uh, They're all important. There's a whole lot of them in there, but just a few things. For those that have not yet heard, I know that we really promoted that Charles Billings was going to be here for the concert this evening. However, there was a miscommunication with the uh, department that does this paperwork for him. And for whatever the the miscommunication was, he is not going to be able to make it this evening. Now, they're going to reschedule it, and hopefully it'll come to be. I think they said somewhere in the Christmas time frame. I don't know. But he he said he still wants to come on out. He apologizes that things got dropped and mixed around somewhere. But he still wants to come out, but it won't be this evening. So if you know someone who's coming from other churches or something of that nature that may not have heard yet, please, after the service today... Call them up and let them know that we'll still have our Ezekiel class. We'll still have class. It says that they show up thinking it's going to be music. They're going to have to listen to me. They may see a difference between Charles Billings and I. So there is no concert this evening, guys. I still want to invite you to come on out and be a part of the Bible study. We're in Ezekiel chapter 2 this evening in our evening Bible study. Uh, Stormy already said if you bake cookies and muffins for the tonight, bring them and he'll help you dispose of those properly. <laughs> yeah, take one for the team, suffering for the Lord. <laughs> but but no class this evening, guys. And as I said, be in prayer for the Charles Billings was singing at the the um, the the ladies event that they've been at the last few days, and from what I've heard from several of the ladies, it's been incredible. They've had God has really been moving. They've had a great time of coming together and and even when they're not the thing they're playing games and just just fellowshipping one with another there's 31 ladies there they'll be uh, driving back this afternoon so just just keep them in your prayers also to the 21st i know it's still a little ways out but i want to start pushing this if you were not have not been a part of when we were a, a rest stop for the the bicyclists that go come through the 21st i want to encourage you to come if most more people we get the better and what they'll do, we're going to be a rest stop, and they're going to stop, and that way they can get some bananas, some juice, some drinks, take a little bit of a break. But when they get off their bikes, what I like to do, we don't have to do this, but what we've always done, and they truly appreciate it, is the more people from the church that are there, we offer to hold their bikes for them. Some of them bikes cost more than my car. 
And, and we hold their bikes for them, and a lot of them are amazed. Why, so thank you for that. And what an opportunity to relate back to them, because we don't know if they go to church or anything else. This is a secular writing group, but we can say, oh, that, we just want to serve you like Christ has served us, or however you can work it in there. But what a way to be a Christian example and a minister just by holding somebody's bicycle. So that's a Saturday morning on the 21st. I want to encourage you to be a part of that. The 22nd, the day after, the, we made a bunch of flyers. They're out front. I meant to bring one in here. But it talks about Ian's trip from, from Canada, from the border to border, that he, he's going to do and ride for us. There's a lot of information. His GoFundMe page. They're in the foyer outside. There's some in the fellowship hall. Uh, but that Sunday following the 21st, 22nd, we're going to have a fundraiser lunch next door to help support and be able to fund uh, Ian taking this trip where he's going to be sharing the gospel. He's riding his bicycle from Niagara Falls down to the, the border and culminating here on the anniversary, close to the anniversary date of the tragedy. And he's doing this, sharing the gospel and how and what God has done through us to share hope. Here, he wants to share hope across the United States. Amen? So praise the Lord for that. Amen. And he'll talk to you more about that later. He's here, right? I saw him come in earlier. He, he must still be next door, but... He'll, he'll talk to you more about that uh, in the upcoming days. Also, Sherry said to make sure to point out the Fall Festival candy buckets. We're still getting candy. Bring the candy in, donate. I know it's still over, a little over a month till Fall Festival, but we're trying to put it together. And right now, the boys beat the girls last week, but overall, the girls are still winning. So it's a friendly competition between the boys and the girls. Since 31 girls aren't here today, boys... You ought to be able to pile that bucket full and take the lead back and just don't let them get back in the front again. Amen? Amen. So I'm hoping you're doing that as well. Guys, it's great to be in God's house. Amen? Amen. Amen. That's enough announcements. Tim's going to come up and share the scripture with us this morning. You know, brother, dress like that. You can just write on in the message if you like. (laughs) If we need to. Father God, I do lift up my brother to you. I thank you for his willingness to be used by you. God, I thank you that you move in his heart and in, in Sherry's heart and in their family. May you just bless their family for him, his willingness. And God, may we hear you through him today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. What a great day to worship in the house of the Lord. Amen. I prayed about this all week and things happened in my life. And I don't know about, about yours, but uh, this week's been a little overwhelming for me. Um, I'm sure that uh, we've all had that in our lives. There's, there's things when uh, stress and everything hits us that just becomes a little bit more than you think you can handle. Um, you know, we have things like illness and uh, anxiety. We worry about things that are, are all struggles at some point in our lives. But I want to get to what I want to get to is, is uh, what happens when we get to a point when it, it, you feel completely overwhelmed and helpless. What do we do then? I want to challenge you that during those times, let's don't look at what is wrong, but at who God is. Uh, the, the scripture I have this morning is Philippians 4, 7 and 8. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is pure, whatever is right, Whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent and praiseworthy, think about such things. 
I've found that during my most stressful moments, it's best if I just stop sometimes and focus on who God is. It's a time when I can set my requests aside, or our, we should set our requests aside. It seems like we're always going to him asking for things. But we can just set those aside and just seek him. Just find out who he really is. Sometimes to help me, I get into his word. Most of the time. I made a small list this morning that helps me when I'm overwhelmed, helpless, stressed out. It reminds me who God is. I think she's going to put it up. These are just a few. God is sovereign. He reigns over everyone and everything and has never been stressed out. He's unstoppable. And so are those who follow him. He's holy. God is perfect, which means everything he wants and desires for my life is far greater than anything I could have thought of. He's consistent. I don't have to worry about him being in a bad mood. Greater than any temptation the enemy throws my way. Better than anything the world has to offer. He's bigger than any sin or failure in my life. He's gracious. He knows everything stupid, foolish, sinful thing I've ever done or will do. And yet he loves me anyway. He's always here with me. God has never walked away from me. He doesn't always deliver me from the fire, but he has always walked with me through it. He's faithful. If I fail to see his faithfulness in my past, I will probably not recognize the fruitfulness of my future. He's the one who pursues me. He pursues me even on the days I tend to walk away from him. He's relentless. He has never given up on me. And passionate. His passion and love that the scriptures reveal to me cause me to be in awe. I could go on and on. But I want you to see is that when stress comes into our lives, it is an opposite opportunity to know God. So if you're stressed out, freaked out, or feel like you're about to give out, then I want you to think about checking out for about 10 minutes, maybe more, from your busy life. Sit down with a piece of paper and make a list of the scriptures say God is. And focus on that rather than your circumstances. Let's pray. Father, when my heart is overwhelmed with me, my heart is overwhelmed, overwhelm me with your peace. Lead me to you, my rock. Guide me to your word, which gives me strength and refuge. Help me not to run to lesser things, but to trust you and draw me to run to you first. I pray you would help us to get in the habit of taking our stress, stresses, our anxieties, our helplessness, our pain, and place it under your will. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.
just a moment while we reset here. What an awesome day. In our, uh, in our youth studies on Thursday nights, we've actually been studying about uh, heaven. And um, we actually just got through talking about a little bit of, uh, <clears throat> you know, what, what it's like in heaven and, and you know, the, the joy and the celebration and, and just how tremendous it is for, for somebody to, to give their life to Christ. And it just makes seeing what happened here this morning all that more powerful to you when, when, it's, when you've been studying it and you've been, you know, soaking it in and stuff like that. So it's, it's really awesome to see uh, new brothers and sisters in Christ. All right, are we ready, are we ready back there? Are you guys ready to sing? All right. All right, we're going to sing a couple more songs uh, while Frank gets changed, but, uh, but let's just worship together. Um, these songs this morning all kind of run together on just how great and amazing God's love is, so we're singing about that this morning. We're going to start off with, uh, with how he loves us. Jealous for me, his love's like a hurricane. I am a tree bending beneath the weight of his wind and mercy. When all of a sudden I'm unaware of these afflictions, eclipsed by glory. And I realize just how beautiful you are and how great your affections are for me. And oh, how he loves us. 
Before I spoke a word, you were singing over me. You've been so, so good to me. Before I took a breath, you breathed your life in me. You've been so, so kind to me.
There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. There's no shell you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. Reckless love of God. Folks, if you're here this morning and you don't know what you just sang, that I pray before this day is over, you will experience it. I can't help but listen to that song, sing that song, and just think, thank you, God, that when the world would have given up on me, actually, the world, many in the world probably did give up on me, but my God never did. Amen. Amen. Kick down any, any wall. And that's what he'll do for all of us, guys. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles this morning, turn to Acts. Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, we're going to be looking at here momentarily. And as we get started this morning, the, the things that, that really was in the news this past week, if you remember... You probably spent a little bit of time, at least at the first of the week, thinking about and watching the storm that came through, wondering what it was going to do to the states since that how badly it, it tore up the Bahamas. As I watched the pictures come in from the, the islands, the Al- Albacore Island, and I just looked at the devastation, I couldn't help but think about how powerful that wind was the wind within that storm and the devastation and the things that it changed by that wind that was blowing through there. In Acts chapter 2, I want us to look at a different wind because as I was thinking about that storm and listening about that storm, thinking it was going to hit the the east coast and what it was going to do going up the east coast and even today it's the it's it's built itself back up and it's in Nova Scotia and hitting the islands and such. I couldn't think, I, I kept thinking of the devastation. I kept thinking of the power in that wind. And I thought of this wind. In chapter 2, starting in verse 1, when the day of Pentecost had arrived, they were all together in one place. And then suddenly, sound like that of a violent rushing wind came from heaven. And it filled the whole house where they were staying. And tongues like flames of fire that were divided appeared to them and rested on each one of them. 
Then they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in different languages as the Spirit gave them the ability for speech. There were Jews living in Jerusalem, devout men from every nation under heaven. When this sound occurred, the multitude came together. It was confused because each one of them heard them speaking in their own language. And they were astounded and amazed, saying, Look, aren't all these who are speaking just Galileans? Now let's stop there. Think about the wind that blew through. But as you're thinking about that, I want to share a story. Just as I was studying this past week about what to, to preach to you guys, and I was thinking about that wind, I came across a story that I just had to share. In, Jan- in, in, in uh, July 22nd, 1993, this school in Iowa put a wind turbine on their, their, their property. The name of the school was Spirit Lake Elementary School. Well, 90 months later, of course, it starts producing electricity. 90 months later, that, that wind generator had produced 1,500,000 kilowatts of electricity, which would have cost the school $125,000. But instead, they were able to save that money. And not only were they able to save it, but that, that powered the 53,000-square-foot school and that still left what they could sell back to the utility company for $25,000. Now, over the years, 1997, it was paid for. And since then, that 25000 excuse me, 1998, since then, that $25,000 that they are saving by, by selling power back to the utility store, uh, utility grid, they are using that to further the education. They're doing that to buy books. They're doing that to, to do all kinds of things and pay the loan off three years ahead of schedule. I share all that for this, for this reason. All the good that came out of that wind turbine. But where was that wind turbine placed? In Spirit Lake. And I thought, the wind from Spirit Lake does good things. Amen. And I know that's just a cute little story, but I couldn't get that out of my mind. And I thought the wind through Spirit Lake is doing good things in that community. And praise God, the Holy Spirit wind is still doing good things when we allow it to blow through its churches. Amen? When we allow the Holy Spirit to blow through our lives, good things are going to happen. And it's much better than, say, a $25,000 or $150,000 or any denominational figure you want to put there. When the Holy Spirit wind blows through the church, when the Holy Spirit spirit wind blows through a person when the holy spirit wind moves in your life there is great things that's going to come from that hallelujah now if you were watching the weather this past week you probably heard about the buford scale and the buford scale is a way of measuring wind for thousands of years people wondered how can you measure wind we have no way of measuring wind when the 1700s francis buford was a cabin boy in the royal navy He ended up being with the Navy for 68 years, became a a rear admiral. But from his earliest days on, what he did every day, he took a journal and he wrote down how he would measure the wind. And it became known as the Buford Scale. He would go out there and he had, there was calm, there was light breeze, there was moderate breeze, there was gale, and there was hurricane. Over many years, he worked this out. Calm was a was the sea was like a mirror. If he went out in the morning and that sea was just like a mirror, that's what he would write. A light breeze, he would say, is when, when you see just little wavelets on the water. And he said, well, if you see these little wavelets on the water, there's a light breeze. 
then if, if you see that there's waves starting to form, that there actually is some kind of little cresting going on, there's a stronger breeze. You might see a little spray in the air. But he says when the gale comes, now the seas are moderately high. The crests are starting to break on the water. And there's spray in the air. And a storm gets even bigger. He says now these waves are long in duration, overhanging crests. There's definitely spray in the air. The tumbling of the sea becomes heavy. And when there's a hurricane, he says you just don't want to be in it. But he says that the, the, the air just becomes white with frost and with the spray. And, and there's a completely white driving spray. Now, all these years later, we're still using the Buford scale. Yes, we have airplanes that can fly in and actually measure the speed of the wind. But when we have those buoys out there with cameras on them and such, they are watching those cameras and they're just looking at the waves and they're still using the Buford scale on what the wind speed is out there by watching what those waves are doing. And you say, well... How can that be? After lots of observation, after many years of paying attention to the weather around him, he was able to get it down through an ex- to an, almost an exact science. He could get it down to what the, was going to happen and what was, was happening just by looking at the waves. And I thought, if we could do that today, if he, if he made a scale that by watching for 68 years the wind on the water, and we could still use that today then why can't we take a, and make a spirit scale since the wind of the Holy Spirit has been blowing through for 2,000 years? Amen? Amen? We should be able to look into our lives at our sea. And or, is there any ripples? Is it calm? What is God doing? How can I measure the Holy Spirit, not in that guy's life or her life, like we like to try to point fingers, but look at the sea around my life. What's going on in my life? Because you see... That was a windy day in Jerusalem. Everyone heard that wind come through. And the apostles, they're gathered to celebrate the, the harvest festival known as Pentecost. They were, they were gathered there just like any other church event. But the book of Acts tells us that on that day, there came like the sound of a rushing violent wind. And it filled the entire house where the apostles were. And it says everyone else was looking around too. So everybody heard it. Everybody heard the wind coming. Everybody knew that something was happening. And the apostles are sitting there as the, like tongues of fire was over their head. And they began to speak to one another in these languages as the Spirit gave them ability. And everyone out there <coughs> could hear the message they had to say, not only in their own language, but even in their own dialect, the Bible tells us. In other words, if there was somebody from New York and somebody from Alabama, they couldn't understand each other, but they understood the apostles. Because it was coming even in their own dialect. It was coming in the way they were used to hearing it. As the Spirit gave them ability. So the, the international crowd, the Bible says, as they were gathered there in Jerusalem, these apostles started speaking about the deeds of power of God. They started talking about what God could do. And these people, they understood it. They're hearing it. And these apostles were saying because they, they, they were speaking in their native language, because they were speaking in a way that they had to listen they realized there's something different. Weren't, weren't, wasn't these people just Galileans? Wasn't these people just the people that, that were just hanging out here? How can we be hearing it in our own language? That was the storm of God coming through, guys. That was the force of the wind that came through them. And praise God, it didn't end there. Peter, if you was to go ahead and, on and read, you remember Peter. He was the one that, that was a Christ-denying coward just a few months earlier 
all of a sudden he walks out on the balcony in, the, in, in front of a mob of mockers, if you will, and he shouts out to them. Once that Holy Spirit touched him, once the, the Spirit wind, once he had a storm of the Holy Spirit touch his heart, he walked out there on that balcony and he had no problem saying, Men of Judah, men of Judah, all who live in Jerusalem, listen to what I have to say. And everybody's turning their eyes to him because he's speaking in my language. He's speaking in my dialect. He's speaking what I need to hear. And, and Peter proclaimed the coming of Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit moved to him and he started preaching the gospel to them. He started preaching the Spirit onto them. He said, your sons and your daughters are going to prophesy. He started saying the things that Joel had been teaching in the Old Testament. He started sharing with them the powers of God. And he said, if anyone anyone. Now remember, this is Peter who had just denied Christ a few months earlier, but now he's standing out on that balcony. The Spirit of God has come upon him, and as he said in Acts 1-8, where he could become a witness unto, unto Christ. And he is out there and he's saying, anyone who calls on the name of the Lord, so shall they be saved. That's verse 14 through 21. But he's saying that you shall be saved. He has no animosity about it. He has no fear about it. He has no care about what the people are going to say Because he just had the storm, the wind of God, the wind of the Holy Spirit move in his life. Hallelujah. Folks, I would submit to you this morning that there's more to Christ than just going to church on Sunday. When you let the Holy Spirit really move in who and what you are, you're going to see God doing incredible and marvelous things. You're going to start speaking to people that you normally wouldn't have spoke to before. You're going to start bringing Christ up in conversations you might not have done before. You're going to start being able to take the time and the talents that God has given you and start utilizing them in ways you didn't realize you had. Why? Because that storm blows through us. That storm came blowing through Jerusalem and it went through Jerusalem, blowing away the, the everyday expectations. Everyone was gathered there for a church function. Oh, we're just going to church. You know, like every other fest, festival, we're, we're just going to the church. But instead, the people's lives were impacted. People's lives were changed because that storm of the century, actually, I would say the storm of a, of a millennium, well, actually, more millenniums, because we still have it, but it was the perfect storm whose effects have lasted to this day and will continue to last until he returns again. Because that storm moved within those apostles, and it still moves within you and I today, if we let it. So rather than having a, a Buford scale, I thought, why can't we have a spirit scale? Why can't we have something to, to, to put together so we can assess our own lives, so we can see what the Spirit's doing in our own lives. How can I measure the force of the Holy Spirit in my life? If they can put a camera on a buoy out in the middle of nowhere and watch because Buford watched for 68 years and say, the waves are doing this, that means the wind is this. Why can't I, if we've been in the church for 2,000 years and the Holy Spirit's been moving over 2,000 years like this, why can't I just stop, look at my life, and see what the Holy Spirit's doing and say, where am I? So the first one I would say is calm. If you look in your life and you see everything is peaceful, that it's calm, that is a condition I think we experience When the Spirit is leading us, when it's equipping us, when it's giving us serenity, when it's giving us peace, when we are able to sit back in a world that everything's topsy-turvy and everything's going every different direction, there's all kinds of anxiety, all kinds of, of things trying to beg for our attention and grab what we are. And when we can stop in the midst of all that and just, thank you, Jesus. 
When we can stop, as it says in Philippians 4, and have that peace that surpasses all understanding, when you are in the midst of everything and you have that peace, you can remember as Jesus said when he came on to the apostles, he said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. In other words, he's telling them, I am going to bring that spirit. And you can have the peace that comes over me. That after, even though all the things that are happening in my life, even though with all the stuff my, God the Father is calling me to do, I'm at peace. And the peace I have, I give on to you. It says in John chapter 20 that he breathed out his Holy Spirit upon them. Hallelujah. If you can look at your life and you can say the Holy Spirit's here because I have that calm peace. Even though there's a storm raging around me, spiritually, I have peace. We are given that peace when we are in harmony with what it is God would have us to do. That calmness of the Spirit that that enables us to be stress-free, to be worry-free, to be anxiety-free in a stressful, worried, and anxious world. When you can do that, that's when you realize that's the peace of God in my life. And you can get on your knees and just say, thank you, Jesus, for that. Thank you, Jesus, for that peace. But I'm going to submit to you this morning that even when you have that peace... And you know that the Holy Spirit is in your house. You know that the Holy Spirit is in this body, in this temple. And you know you can have that peace. Every now and then, God's going to blow a strong wind through there too. Every now and then, you're going to have the peace that surpasses all understanding. But God's going to blow a strong wind through there because he's saying that you have a talent that it's time to start using. He says there is a a creative quality about you that I have given you. And I'm going to blow this wind through there to give you some more improvements in your life. To knock off some of those rough edges. Or I'm going to give you a new direction in your life. You see, we can be all peaceful But there are times that God's telling us it's time to carry out the mission that I have been training you to do. And though you have that peace, that wind kicks up and it starts moving you in this direction. It is our responsibility at that point to put up a sail. When we look into our lives and we realize the wind of God is blowing a little bit harder. What is it? It's at that point we shouldn't hide our head in the sand and pray it goes away. We should be saying, Lord, what are you trying to tell me? Lord, what are you trying to show me here? In Genesis chapter 1, it says that the wind of God swept over the waters and it brought order out of chaos. Sometimes we are in our lives starting to get into a chaotic aspect. There's things we're starting to do and bring in that should not be there. And God is telling us, listen to what I have to say because I want to bring order out of this chaos that you've allowed into your life. Or I want you to go bring order out of the chaos that's going on in this field around you. That same spirit that spoke that day of creation that brought order out of chaos is the spirit that we have today. And when that strong breeze blows through our life, when we're starting to see the waves, we, what I would call that is there is a sense of purpose about that. When we realize that God is moving, that that wind is blowing, there's something that God wants me to do. We know then that we should stop and say, I belong to Christ. He has allowed me this peace that surpasses all understanding. But I also understand I, I possess a, a, a sense of direction to, to, to a mission. And it's that wind that we need to put up our sail. When we feel that wind, we should put up our sail. Because we have a mission in this world, guys. It's not just to come to church and sit on Sunday mornings. Even a chicken leaves an egg when it sits. We all have a mission of some sort. 
And we're to put up the sail and say, God, where would you have us to go? Our mission, guys, if you didn't know it, it's not just the pastor. It's not just the deacons. It's not just missionaries. It's not just the ladies on a retreat. Our mission, every one of us, I don't care if you're old or young, educated or not. It doesn't matter what financial bracket you come from. It doesn't matter whether you're Jew or Greek, male or female. We have been called to Christianize the world. We're to share the gospel. The final goal of the world is to be consummated all under the name of Jesus Christ. And to work effectively to that final goal, we need to set our sail and let the wind of God blow each one of us where our talents is going to take us. Praise God for the peaceful calm. But praise God just as much when he blows that wind into our sail and blows us in our direction. When Moses, he didn't want to go to, to, uh, to Pharaoh and God gave him that burning bush and he said, this is the wind that's blowing and the spirit will come upon you. And when Moses gave in and did what he was called to do, he said, set my people free. And finally, when he did everything God told him to do, his people were set free. And throughout the Bible, when Gideon was called to lead, when, when all the men of God have been stepped up, it was when the Spirit of God had come upon them. The Spirit of God moved within them. The Spirit of God was encouraging and empowering them to go forth and proclaim the gospel. When that wind blows in our lives, guys, when that wind is moving, when we see the waves forming, that it's not that peaceful calm, we should stop and ask the Lord, what are the new directions you're going to send me to? What are the fresh opportunities that you're going to put in my pathway? What is it you've called me to do, Lord? Because when that strong breeze blows, he is empowering you and I to do something in according to the will of God. Now, I can't always tell you what it is, but I can say that when you come to me or you go to a brother or sister and you say, you know, I have just felt the Spirit of God moving, that, that the waves are coming, uh, that I feel something God is moving me to, we can lock arms and start praying. Or we may say, you know, God told me about this. Oh, hey, I can do that. Maybe God's blowing you that direction. You see, the wind is not enough. Praise God, he blows that wind of the Holy Spirit through us. But, but like the old sailors used to say, wind is useless unless you hoist a sail. It is when you put action behind it. When you start asking brothers and sisters, I feel like God's moving in my life, but I don't know where. And God's saying, I've already moved in his life to tell you where your life is about to go. And maybe even together, y'all are going to accomplish this, that, or the other. There was a story I read by Robert Burrow, B-R-O-W. He tells of this, this couple, they, they, were, they, li- they were living deep, deep in the African jungle, and they're brought out, and they're brought to Kingston, Ohio, in the, uh, excuse me, not Kingston, Ohio, Kingston, Canada, Ontario, Kingston, Ontario, and they're given this house. They said, Here, here's everything, we're giving you this fully equipped home, and they hand them over the keys. But here's the thing, none of the Canadians thought about explaining to them the electrical appliances. You see, we like to think about how poor we are. But do you realize that if you have a light bulb in your house, you're in the top 10% in the world? There's a whole lot of people out there that's got way less than we do. These folks had never seen electricity. They didn't understand how electricity worked. Now, it was great because it was July. So they go in, they go to bed when it gets dark, they get up when it's light, they cook their food in the fireplace, they figured out water coming out of the hydrants, it's like, hey, that's cool, we wash our clothes in the sink and hang them outside. Everything was good till November came around. Ontario in November is cold. And these people were frightened. 
They, 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 they were miserable. They were so cold and didn't know what to do. And it was so different from where they had come from. And when people of the church came to them and realized what was going on and flipped the light on, these people were amazed. How did you do that? And they realized that they didn't know anything about this house. Here they had this fully functioning house, but didn't know what to do. So they taught them how to turn the lights on, taught them how to work the thermostat to, to heat up their house, how to use the electric stove to cook their meals, how to use the washer and dryer, how to use the vacuum cleaner. They even had TV. They, they, they thought that was a funny-looking thing sitting there. But when they realized they could turn it on and watch TV, they had never seen any of those things. That story, to me, illustrates the change that took, day, took place on the day of Pentecost. It says, suddenly from heaven there was this rushing like a mighty wind that came down upon the people. The couple from Africa that were in that house, they discovered they were living in a house that had all kinds of neat power. They were living in a house that had all kinds of incredible things in it. And then they realized, I am free to enjoy this light. I am free to enjoy this heat. I am free to enjoy the appliances here. On the day of Pentecost, folks, I believe that those early Christians began to discover there is powerful things here. And I am free to use the light of Christ. I am free to use the power of Christ. I am free to be used by the Holy Spirit to make a difference. But like those African, that African couple, Christians sometimes need to, to realize that they have that power. They have difficulties learning to use it. And that's why it's so important for you and I as Christians. Those of us that's been Christians longer than others, just as those, those, that African couple was taught by their church to come in and how to use those things, we should be taught, the, old, the older Christians should be teaching the newer Christians. It is our, it's not our responsibility. I'm going to say it's our privilege to be able to take what God has shown us and share that with others. When people say, I feel the Spirit of God moving in my life. I don't know what to do. Well, let me tell you what he's done with me when that happened. Or let's go talk to brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so. And let's gather together and let's start praying about this. Let's look at what, how God is moving. Because God teaches through example, guys. When we truly are letting the Spirit and the winds of God, the Holy Spirit, move in our lives, we are going to do things differently than the world. And the young Christians should be looking to the old Christians and saying, I want to be like you are. I'm stumbling. I'm struggling in the world, but you seem to be making it. Brother, I'm living in the same world you are, but let me turn you on to the power that I have that allows me to get through to where you think I'm just walking peacefully through. That power is made available for all of us. And the more and the closer we draw onto that power, the more those behind us are going to see it and the more we can share it. When we start looking at the waves and the the Spirit, the Holy Spirit wind in our life, the more we're going to be able to grab a hold of it. The more we grab a hold of it, the more the other people are going to see us grab a hold of it. And the more they're going to say, I want what you have. But you have, to do, you have to act upon it. You know, even though that African couple, even though they had the house that had everything, now they had teachings on how to use it. They still had to flip the switch. They still had to put their clothes in the washing machine. They still had to cook on the stove. They still had to take a shower. They had power. They had knowledge. But now they have to use it. And that's where I would say, I'm afraid that we fall short. We know that we have power. We have knowledge because we've read the scriptures. We've been to a few Sunday school classes. We went to church and the pastor told me that I can do this or I can do that. Now it's time to hoist the sail. Now you need to flip the switch. Now you need to let it go. So many times we're scared. Well, what if brother so-and-so sees me fall? I'd rather you fall and let God pick you back up than to sit in the back and never do what he asked you to do. You're never going to know. Hallelujah. 
You're never going to know what it is that God has inspired you to do if you always just sit on the back and expect somebody else to do it. Throughout my life, and very much so here lately, there are so many things that I would have said are beyond my scope. There's been so many times that this is not my... My, my happy place. It's not my comfortable place. There's been so many times I can say, Lord, what are you doing? But the problem line is I choose because I see the waves are blowing to hoist the sail. And when I hoist the sail, you know what's going to happen then? I'm going to go wherever direction that wind blows that sail to go. And all I'm going to do is hang on and say, Lord, I'm here for the ride. Where are you taking me? When we will do that, younger Christians will see that, and they'll say, how in the world? And you can say, just like the apostles on the day of Pentecost, God empowered them, God shown them, and he used those disciples then to speak the gospel, to share the gospel with everyone they met. And guys, I will tell you this morning that when you hoist the sail, when you see the wind is blowing, just hoist the sail, and God's going to put you in a path with somebody, and you can share the gospel. And the more you share the gospel with your testimony... I'm not saying you have to be a theologian. Just share the gospel of what God's done in your life, and God will honor that. But we have to hoist the sail. We have to allow him to, or we have to get out of the way and hoist the sail and say, Lord, I want to be used by you. When we feel that wind, praise God for the calm seasons. But when that wind blows, hoist the sail, hang on, and say, God, wherever you lead, I follow. Here I am, Lord, send me. That's when you're going to see great and mighty actions and miracles of God. People say, well, I just don't see the miracles of God anymore. You lock yourself in your nice little safe place. Yeah, you're not going to because you're only seeing what you can do. Get out of the safe place and say, God, the wind is blowing. The storm is here. My sail is up. Where are we going? Just hang on, son. You'll get there. And you're going to see miraculous things. You're going to start being used in miraculous ways. Well, I'm not a speaker. I, I, I still think I'm not a very eloquent speaker either. But yet he still puts me in front of people. And some of y'all even come back for it twice. I don't know what's up with that. But when we allow ourselves to be used by God, he'll put you in places and in things and learn things and do things that you never thought. Well, I'm just a mechanic. Well, he'll have you being a mechanic for him. I'm just a plumber. He'll have you being a plumber for him. I'm just this or I'm just that. I don't care what you just are. You are a child of the king. And when you hoist the sail in his name, he's going to take you where he wants you to go. When you let the Holy Spirit loose and move within you, you may find out, well, Baptists don't dance. Well, you might just start dancing if that's what God wants you to do. Who knows what it is that God's calling you to do? But do what God's telling you to do. Now, returning back to the, to the spirit scale for just a minute. I believe that we have that calm and praise God for it. And I believe that God comes through with a strong wind every now and then to get us moving in the direction we need to move, to get us out of our comfort zone. But sometimes I think he blows a gale through too. I think that wind, sometimes that Holy Spirit comes in and it's to shake up the status quo. We get so caught up in our programs. We get so caught up, well, I'm going to go to church. I'm going to teach this. I'm going to teach that. I got a Bible study here and I got a Bible study there. And I'm going to be so good for God and I'm going to do everything for God. Nobody can ever say I'm doing bad because I'm doing all these different things for God. And God's saying, I've been trying to get your attention to go this direction. But you know what? I'm going to send the gale. Maybe that'll rattle your world just a little bit. Because I, I thank you for doing those things for me, but I have something else in store for Oh, no, God, I've already got a tradition set. i got study time going on. 
I got my time here and I got my time there. I've got it all figured out. God and God said, no, you thought you had it figured out because this storm's about to crash your sail. Now, you can either turn with the moderate wind or I'm going to blow through here. And all of a sudden, that gale rocks your world and you stop and you realize, wow, you know, I have been doing all this stuff, but God's telling me now I need to go visit the sick. Or I've been tithing regularly, but... God's telling me now to go give over and above to the poor. I'm going to go help the poor. I'm going to go down under the highways. I'm going to go down to this community or that community and, and just give of my time and my efforts. And, and that's not something I would normally do. And it breaks into my Bible studies and such. But that gale just blew me that direction. Sometimes God, I think, allows that gale to blow us through. Because if we don't, we get so entrenched. We'll start praying for godly miracles, but when it really comes, you just hang on for dear life. When in reality, God said, if you just let go, the sail would have taken you where I wanted you to be. And I think he has to blow in our lives. And then you have those hurricanes. I think that's what hit Jerusalem on that day. That wind came in on the day of Pentecost, turning the lives of those apostles completely upside down. They were reoriented from, from looking inward into themselves to looking outward towards a, a, a people in desperate need of the gospel. They went from being up in that room, just a, a group of guys, to realizing this is more than us. This is not about us. This is about sharing the gospel with everybody we come in contact with. I think sometimes that hurricane blows to flip us over. And that day he took, that, that wind came in and it changed these, these fearful disciples into fearless evangelists. Amen? Took them and completely flipped them around and changed them and headed them off onto the mission field with, with, with a powerful sense of purpose. You know, after our, our tragedy here, I would tell you that I knew who the Lord was. And I, I was teaching the Sunday school and I had all these things and been pastoring for a long time. But after the tragedy, actually it hadn't been that long ago, actually, my oldest son said, Dad, you are totally a different person on the inside. I said, no, I still, I'm this, I'm that. And he said, no, you don't understand. You don't see it. But at first we thought you were broke. But you're not broke. It's been remade. And I took what he said and I thought about that and I prayed about it. And I realized, you know, my yard used to be immaculate. Now somebody has to tell me to mow my yard. I don't notice those things any longer. My priorities have changed. And what has become priority to me is people. And the people need to be put first because God put people first. If my truck's dirty, so what? I'll wash it when I get around to it. It doesn't reach the people. And my priorities was changed. And that, though that was a hurricane for all of us, I'm sure, that hurricane flipped me over and turned me into more. Did, did I know the Bible? Absolutely. Have I taught Scripture? Absolutely. Had I been preaching the Scripture? Yes. But that hurricane came through and it changed me to where if I had the balcony and the voice, then that's where I would be is out on the balcony with the voice because God made me into what he wanted me to be. And he'll do that for you. I don't know what the hurricane will be in your life. If you're here this morning and you do, don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and your insides are all knotted up and tore up, that's the hurricane of God blowing right now. And he wants to turn you upside down. He wants to take you from what you think you know into what he does know and you'll be amazed by what he's going to do to make it happen. 
He wants you to come to know that relationship with him. And you may be here this morning and say, I already know who Christ is, but yet I, I look out at the seas and they're raging around me. There's a hurricane going on around me. I don't understand it. I can't explain it. I'm doing everything right, but everything is coming down upon me. Maybe it's time to let go and say, God, here I am. And it's through this hurricane he is going to change and empower you from that, that, that frightened disciple into a courageous one, ready to share the gospel wherever you go. I don't know, but isn't it great that we serve a God who does? And when the hurricane is blowing, I can praise God that we have brothers and sisters in here. We'll lock arms. You're not going to blow away, but it may blow you into a new creation. If you're here and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that's what he promised. He said, I'm going to wash you, cleanse you, make you clean, and you will be a new creation, a spotless lamb through the blood of Jesus Christ. Well, pastor, you don't know where I've been. doesn't matter. I don't care where you've been. God said, whomsoever believes I am the Son of God and I rose again on the third day, you profess me before men, I'll profess you before my Father. Hallelujah. That hurricane that may be blowing in your life, you may be able to hide it from the rest of us. There in in, in Acts chapter 2, everybody heard the wind blow through. Sometimes I think that wind is blowing in our hearts and in our minds, and and we're good at hiding it, but we're we're self-destructing, we're imploding, everything's falling around us, and people are seeing there's something going on in your life. What's going on? You can either keep saying, oh, it's nothing, or blaming the world and playing the victim, or you can stop and say, it's because I chose not to listen to God. Father, here I am. Send me. What is it you would have me to do, Lord? Oh, no, Lord, that's, that's Stormy's job. That's Pastor Frank's job. That's a deacon's job. I'm not going to... You want me to go visit sick people? I might get sick. You want me to give to the poor? I am poor. God says, you're my child. I love you. But if you will do what I've called you to do, you'll be so much happier. And you know what happens after the hurricane? I'm not going to tell you the storms don't still come through and the gales don't still blow. But you'll find yourself sitting and realize even that while everybody seems to be running all around you, there's that calm again. There's that peace amidst the storm. And I can sleep again. The waves are hitting the boat, Master. Don't you care that we're all going to die? Oh, ye of little faith. Uh, shut up, I'm going to sleep. And he goes back to bed. Guys, I think God is speaking to us. If we can measure the waves by looking through a camera out on the ocean after a man studied him for 68 years, why can't we measure the Holy Spirit after several thousand years of Scripture in our hands? We need to look into our own lives. And first of all, do you have that peace? You may say, well, you know, I don't have a lot going on in my life, but I just don't have peace. Then ask the peacemaker to come into your life. Let him speak to the storms and calm the seas. I'm not saying your situation and circumstances may change right away, but the way you see them will. Because you'll have a peace that surpasses all understanding. This morning, I praise God 
that he has allowed us to see those storms. There was a time, even as a pastor, I'm not sure I would understand exactly what I'm trying to say now, so I hope that I'm saying it where you can. But now I can look back and no matter what, I can smile. Doesn't It's just the other day the truck broke down and I was on the side of the road and somebody that was just amazed. I was just singing along, no big deal. And they, they well, aren't you upset? No, I knew you were coming. How you know I was coming? Because God broke me down. Somebody was coming. <laughs> and they, they laughed because they said, well, that's pretty simplistic. I'm a simple person serving a mighty God. Folks, where are you? Where are you? If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that storm that's raging in your heart right now, God can say, peace, be still, if you will accept him as your Lord and Savior today. That's first and foremost. These baptisms we had here this morning, hallelujah. I'd much rather bring folks into the church through baptism than just moving from here or there. You know, putting one fish from this fishbowl to that fishbowl. It's when we bring the kingdom of God closer to him that mighty and great things are going to happen. If you're here this morning, God loves you. If you're here and you don't know him, he still loves you. And if you'll put your faith in him, he's going to do mighty works. If you're here this morning and you know the breeze is blowing, it's not just a, a slight calming breeze that the storm is kicking some waves up. I'm going to suggest to you putting the sail up before he brings the gale. Because sometimes the gale, you get bashed on the rocks just a little bit. But if you just throw up the sail, you might realize, oh, this is what God wanted me to do. Where are you this morning? I want us all to go out of here and have our own spiritual Buford scale. I don't know what you would call it, spirit scale or something. But I would like us all to look. Where is God in my life? What is the Holy Spirit moving in my life? Is it still on fire? Do I still have that passion? Or am I just settling in? Where am I at? Let's all stand together. I want to lead us in a word of prayer. Folks, that Holy Spirit, thank you. That Holy Spirit... If it really has moved in your life, it will change your attitude. It will change your habits. It will change your lifestyle. If you say this morning that you've said a prayer and none of that has changed. If you say, well, I prayed for Christ to move in my life, but my lifestyle never changed. I'm still a mean-spirited, honorary individual. I don't care about giving up any of these habits. I want to stay just like I always was. You might have said some words, but the Holy Spirit didn't move in your life. Because when the Holy Spirit moves, you change. May not be all at once. I used to tease Dennis all the time. He said, when God moved in my life, he took drinking away from me like that. I was really envious. I said, when God moved like that in my life, people asked me, how did I quit smoking so fast? Because he took, I took two and a half packs of Palm Malls a day. He said, how would you quit smoking like that? Because I wanted a beer so bad I couldn't care about a cigarette no more. Sounds funny, but it was true. Dennis said, oh, he took it like that. And I'm like, man, he made me die for a year. But every time I wanted one, I looked up and said, Lord, you got to do this. 
He changed my habits. He changed my lifestyle. And he's still doing it today. He's still working on me, as the song says. If you're here this morning and nothing's changed, you need to assess, do you really know him or not? As we pray. Father God, I come before you this morning to thank you for this opportunity you've given us to gather together in your house, to look to you in all that we say and do. And God, I thank you that you keep extending that olive branch to us. You keep letting us know that there is a way out. And so often we keep batting it away. I pray this morning that we will grab your hand today. If there's someone here, to Father, that has never surrendered their heart to you, I pray they don't just grab your hand, but they will wrap their arms around you and cling and hold on to you, Lord. May your Holy Spirit move amongst your people this morning, Lord God. Father, we've been trained to, to sit quietly and do nothing, but God, I thank you that when your Holy Spirit touched them apostles, they were quick to get out there and get loud about what you've done in their life. May you make us loud. May you make us in a godly way, proud to be yours and ready to proclaim your gospel. Help us be what you've called us to be. Again, if there's someone here who doesn't know you, may you point them out in this, make them, allow them, speak to them to make that decision. Those that do know you, may we assess how that wind is blowing and may we allow it to move us in a mighty way. Lord, again, I do lift up the ladies as they're traveling. Bring them here safely. Take that off our hearts and minds so that we can focus completely on you right now. And may we step out into this aisle, come to this altar, pray where we're at, whatever it is. May we be and do what you tell us to do in Jesus' name. Take me past the outer courts into the holy place. Past the brazen altar, Lord, I want to see your face. Pass me by the crowds of people and the priests who sing your praise. I hunger and thirst for your righteousness, but it's only found in one place. Take me into the holy of holies. Take me To the holy place, past the brazen altar, Lord, I want to see your face. Pass me by the crowds of people and the priests who sing your praise. I hunger and thirst for your righteousness, but it's only found in one place. Take me into the holy of holy.
my lips. Here I am. If you remember the message that comes from, he's looking up and he realized I am just a dirty people. I'm not, I shouldn't be in this position. And God sends the angel down, touches his lips, purges him of that sin. And then he looks up and says, here I am, Lord, send me. I pray this morning that you will let that coal touch your heart. The blood of Jesus Christ is that coal today. And then say, here I am, Lord, send me. Amen? Amen. If you can grab a seat for just a minute, Mr. Miss Stone. <clears throat> is Kevin and... Cassandra. Cassandra. Kevin and Cassandra. Uh-huh. Kevin and Cassandra Stone, they're coming down here this morning. Uh, they now know Christ, and Kevin has been baptized, and he said he wants to come and be a part of this church, and Cassandra does as well. And she said she's ready, she's never been, she's ready to be baptized to let the world know that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. Yeah. Hallelujah. Huh? Okay. He said, here comes the hurricane. Amen. 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 Praise God. No, thank you. Guys, when these folks see, when you see their face in your mind, put a hedge of protection, pray the hedge of protection, and just know that God's go- Satan's going to try to attack, but God's going to protect. Amen. Amen. So shake their hand, give them a hug, let them know it's good to see them in, in God's house and be a part of this family. If I could, guys, Miss Helen over there is getting a card for you. Uh, we, we try to fill out those cards because uh, the ladies got on to me for not doing that. <laughs> so I keep up with that now. So if you can fill that out for me. Guys, it's been good to see you in God's house. I pray if God's working in your life, a test, you know, test that storm. Test that wind. If he's got you in a, in a calming place right now, hallelujah. But hang on, because the wind will blow. Look for it. Look for it. Let's all stand together one more time. Stormy, do you mind closing us in prayer this morning, brother?
There's within my heart a melody. Jesus whispers sweet and low. Fear not, I am with thee. Peace be still. And all of life's ebb and flow. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Sweetest name I know. Fills my every longing. Keeps me singing as I go. All my life was left by sin and strife. Discord filled my heart with pain. Jesus swept across the broken strings. Stirred the slumber chords again. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Sweetest name I know. Fills my every longing. Keeps me singing as I go. Feasting on the riches of His grace. Resting neath the sheltering wing. Always looking on His smiling face. That is why I shout and sing. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Sweetest name I know. Fills my every longing. Keeps me singing as I go. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Sweetest name I know. Fills my every longing. Keeps me singing as I go. Jesus, Jesus, sweetest name I know, fills my every longing, keeps me singing as I go. Jesus, 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 sweetest name I know, fills my every longing, keeps me singing as I go. (laughs) 